Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore some of the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which was recorded on May 17th of 2022, we cover a lot of weird ground. We have more Justin Bieber and Tim Hortons foolishness. We got a grave robber in Newfoundland. We catch up with the QAnon Queen of Canada, and we get a quick cameo appearance from a wrapping pizza delivery person. So let's get to it. Handsome Marin Airport. How you doing over there, buddy? No, I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? I'm wonderful. For the, the people who are listening and not viewing, they don't see that there is an, a majestic microwave just over your right shoulder. Mmm. It's very majestic. Yeah, I like the. It's um, it's it's a Panasonic inverter. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what every single person listening and watching is saying too. Oh, wow. Not to top up your microwave, but check this shirt out. Whoa, yeah. that is an actual. That wow. says "Keep Canada Weird." Yeah, I've uh, I've kind of ramped up mm. the uh, shirts and stuff. Um, but uh, I, I got a couple different versions of the Keep Canada Weird one, and I'm coming to see you this weekend, and maybe I'll have a surprise for you shirt-wise. Well, it's not a surprise anymore. You just pretty much spilled the Oh, no, 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 no. Trust me. It'll be a big surprise. Um, and, of course, I'm going to hand-deliver uh, Ellen's beautiful painting or um, collage we talked mm, about last week. Looking... But yeah, we've been yeah. through that. Let's talk about something else. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? Well, it was a busy day today. Um, you know, things are ramping up in the theater community, so it's kind of keeping me on my toes. Just came from a new script reading for a local playwright here in the area. And um, so just literally just got home from that nice. and uh, joining you. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying that things are kind of uh, more normal. Things are happening. Sense. Well, I can, you, you say things mm -hmm. are ramping up in the theater community. I think just the, like the, live performance crowds gathering community things are wrapping up you're seeing mm. i'm seeing i'm noticing the world slowly going back to normal there's some there's been some big concert announcements i've seen which there really mm -hmm. hasn't been jane's addiction like probably my lifelong favorite band are going to be in toronto uh i think in october ghost one of my other favorite bands will be in toronto in september mm -hmm. those are two big concerts um yeah are you gonna go to either i'm i'm thinking about it. I'm going to try to make one or the other work, I hope. Also, just um, another like maybe post-COVID thing that's happening is today, the mall in Halifax, the Halifax Shopping Center, announced a $70 million renovation. And this is coming just years after they did a $50 million renovation. They say, uh, they wow. say like retail stuff is going to like pick up again. And so I guess they're investing heavily in it. But that's going to be big. Uh, you know, and that's uh, that's so surprising because there was a period of time where they all but had said that, you know, shopping malls are a thing of the past. You know, there was there was a uh, period of time where um, it was assumed that that was going to be a dead way of shopping because, you know, as as the uh, advent of, uh, you know, online yeah. shopping became so popular and so prominent. but. Uh, it hasn't, well, you know, I still enjoy going to the mall. All the I time. did going, but a lot of, um, like in small towns, the malls have died, but, it, but every kind of like city has like a mall that's booming. And what I think it is, is it, it's the based a lot on the type of business and like a store that sells like clothing and stuff. I think people still want to go in and do that, like clothing mm. and makeup and jewelry and these sorts of things, but things like, you know, electronics and books and CDs. Like any any kind of store, uh, like physical store, you can walk into that sells that stuff is more or less just like a storefront for a website. I go into Best Buy and check out stuff, and then I go home and see where I can order it the cheapest and have it shipped to me. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so infrequent that I, you know, 
buy a, a big ticket electronic item like a uh, TV or something. Like the TV I have now is is a plasma from you know 2010, so it's 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 still kicking and it's great. Mm. But you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm expecting in the next few years, year or two, I'll be shopping for a new TV. And I like to buy TVs in person because I do like to stand in front of it. And I like to see the picture for myself right in front of me, which I can do and then order it online. But I don't know. I like to build that relationship early with my TV because TVs are special. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, um, I had a bit of a horror. I also have had a plasma TV for years and uh, probably since around 2010. And I compared to like an LCD, I loved the picture. Um, but mine like exploded in my house i don't know if i told you about this this is like I don't know, maybe a year ago six months or so now my kid was like watching a movie i was in a whole nother room and i just heard this loud like out of just a loud bang and he's like dad something happened to the tv and i went in and i'm like I'm like it stinks in here like something is burning and the t there was just like kind of like i guess like an explosion inside the tv but now i got like you know a 60 inch plasma tv that doesn't turn on and i don't really know what to do with it i don't want to put it out at the curb anyway i gotta research how the hell do i get rid of that thing yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's some environmental way that you're supposed to dispose of that. Okay, that maybe um, I should, but I was also thinking like it would be cool to live stream just like beating it up with like a hammer or something, but I guess that's not very environmental. So I'm going to wait. No, you should you should really be cautious about how you deal with this situation. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, you know, I shouldn't talk about it publicly until I've researched. So let's, no, let's actually, move on yeah. um, in continue our journey into keeping Canada weird. We got a full card again tonight. Um, last week was jam-packed. Tonight is jam-packed. And it's also jam-packed with updates. We have some really interesting uh, updates to, to share. Uh, I should have had this queued up, but I got a voice memo I want to play that will uh, line us up here. Hey, Jordan, just listen to the latest episode of Keep Canada Weird. Uh, you talked about the accident. Neil Conroy was found guilty with DNA from Tim Hortons Cup. Uh, just keeping Canada weird again, sticking with Mr. Conroy. He had a huge standoff that with police that was on Facebook Live a number of years ago, probably, I don't know, five or six years ago now, uh, in Fairview. The voice memo cuts off there, but I've heard enough. Mm. So you remember we talked last week about the guy with the stolen car. There was guns and drugs in the car. They ended up getting his DNA yeah. from the cop. Um, the name Neil Conroy didn't ring a bell to me. That was the guy who got arrested. And you'll remember as well that he had faced, you know, 80 something charges in the past uh, over the last few years, I think the article mentioned. But anyway, the name Neil Conroy didn't ring a bell. But when I got that voice memo saying he was involved in a major standoff um, in Fairview, well, I totally know what he's talking about because at the time that the standoff happened, I lived right next to it. I can't believe it's the same guy. Neil Conroy was also known as Red. This tattoo parlor on Titus Street in Fairview was the focus of police concerns. Police formed a perimeter and blocked adjacent streets as they tried to communicate with the man inside. Inside, the man police were trying to arrest had taken to social media. All kinds of people going, we got live 504 viewers at Red Zinc, Baby G Studios. Baby G Studios, Red Zinc. Police say they arrived at the house a little after 9 o'clock this morning to make an arrest on breaches of conditions related to earlier charges. That's when they were confronted by a man wielding a knife. That's when police backed away and called in extensive backup. Officers with assault rifles kept watch. The emergency response team arrived, a police dog, even fire trucks. At times during the Facebook feed, the camera was pointed out these windows at the onlookers, police and media outside. The live feed was even played back on a vehicle stereo in the parking lot across the street. Look at that tattoo. Police say they have been negotiating with the barricaded man from the beginning, trying to convince him to give himself up peacefully. Now, Steve, in the last half hour, within the last hour, I suppose, or so, there has been some activity by the police around the house. Now, one man who's been here watching the Facebook feed tells us that the man inside asked for chocolate milk and that it was very carefully delivered to him by police. 
So perhaps uh, this thing may be getting a little bit closer to some kind of resolution. We can only wait and see. Steve? All right. We'll be keeping an eye on it, Ron. Thank you very much. CTV's Ron Shaw, live tonight from the Fairview area in Halifax. But anyway, it was like this really memorable, crazy event that happened. And mm -hmm. I never would have thought it was the same guy that did that, gets out of prison, steals a car, has guns and drugs in it, and his DNA on a Tim Hortons cup lands this guy in jail. So there's your update on Neil right. Conroy. Yeah, that's that's a crazy update. Well, what a um, it's almost like a reverse update because it goes further back in time. Yeah, right? well, I guess the update is just that this guy has done a whole lot of other crazy stuff that like is happened very close to mm -hmm. me. Like that was a big moment when that all went down because it was again it was like a block well, away. From I, I'm sure it was. Yeah, probably unsettling at the time, you know, when when it's that close to you and you don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, but then when I when I'm watching you know. the guy on Facebook live, um I was like, "Oh man, this is just some joker." I wasn't too worried. <laughs> but it was just just the <laughs> fact that like this guy is notable for being involved in two really weird mm -hmm. crime situations. Yeah, I just wonder like about like when you when you decide like okay they're here to arrest me for whatever reason i'm gonna do uh, i'm gonna pursue a standoff type situation like what are you expecting the end result to be mm -hmm. you know like is it just you know what like i just want to buy myself more time before i go in but like as you know it's not going to end in any kind of way where you're free of all this like you're not gonna you know like mm -hmm. and i'm gonna oh um i have someone out is door. it your pizza delivery it is yeah <laughs> okay oh it's <clears throat> amateur night here uh for people who don't know uh, aaron mentioned at the beginning he um we almost had to reschedule tonight because he had some event good are you oh yes is my god let's listen no don't worry about it no, no needs okay no. i just gotta get it for the total on there I don't oh know. okay his mic's on <laughs> uh credit yeah hope he says his credit card number no, I don't. You're live on a podcast right now, by the way. Is that right? So. <laughs> I'm Dmax the rapper. Oh, really? You're a rapper? Oh, yeah. What's your name? Dmax. Dmax? Yeah, D M A T T Z Z. You want to do something on the show? Jeez, oh, I'm busy as hell. You're right busy. Now. Okay. I would if I had the chance. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me get. Uh, well, it's nighttime podcast. Yeah. Out of Halifax, but. Nice. Anyway, what's the name again? D Mats. D M A T T Z. D Mats. YouTube. I'm going to go plug you right now. Awesome. All right, man. Have a good night. Oh, I love Cape Breton. D Mats. The rapper. Of course. the Yeah, he's on YouTube and everything. He's on YouTube. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check him out after this. Just delivered the. Yeah, yeah, I know for sure. So everyone check out D Mats. He's a. He's a rapper out of here in Cape Breton, and he just delivered my pizza. And um, he's he's seemed like a pretty cool guy. Did you tip him? Oh yes, yeah, I gave him a, I gave him a very good tip. So this was a bit of a lighthearted update that we just had. No one got hurt. Everything worked out in the end. He went to jail. He got out and his DNA led him back to jail likely again. The next update I have for you, uh, I think is is not going to go over as well with you. This is an update to something um, we've talked a lot about on the show. We both have agreed countless times that Tim Horton's marketing department are on really strong acid or something. Um, I think you described them as throwing, uh, you know, blindfolded, throwing arrows at a, throwing darts at a dartboard of ideas or something. Um, I can't remember what I said, <laughs> but I, I don't need I to describe so. it. They're nuts. They'll sell mm. anything. Well, they're at it again. We talked about, uh, <laughs> okay. we talked about Justin Bieber's balls, the Tim Biebs. Uh, they were a success huge seller tim horton's profit margins raised people have bought and sold and resold even the little bath the little boxes that the tim beeps come in well a deal that sweet was too good to pass up uh again tim hortons have recently announced that they're reprising their marketing collaboration 
with Justin Bieber. This time it is not Tim Biebs. It's called Biebs Brew. Let me tell you about this. You don't know about this, oh do you? God. This is breaking news. No, I don't know about it. I'm hearing this for the first time. I'm, oh. I'm, you know, like when we were talking before, I was at a three or a four, you know, of, of normal kind of uh, emotional reactions, a thing, but I'm shooting right up to a 10 there real quick. A match made in marketing heaven between Tim Hortons and Justin Bieber is back with a new French vanilla flavored chilled coffee. Beebs Brew is the pop star's rendition of the coffee chain's cold brew coffee launched last year. Tim Horton said the beverage is inspired by his slight sweet tooth and his love for hints of delicious vanilla flavoring in his coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, this coffee is cold steeped for 16 hours to enhance the flavor, while the French vanilla syrup gives it a sweet and creamy taste, the company has said. Beebs Brew will be released next month alongside a limited edition stainless steel tumbler co-created by Justin Bieber. Um, and they go out to, they go on to just describe how how Justin Bieber has is quoted as saying, doing a Tim Hortons collab has been a lifelong dream of mine. That is BS. just BS. complete horse malarkey. Mr. Bieber, a lifelong dream. Yeah. I don't even think the president of Tim Hortons has that lifelong dream. <laughs> well, like this is what a bunch of nonsense. It is nonsense. And what's extra nonsensical about it is I can tell how like half like how phoned in it is on Tim's behalf because it's like they, oh. they found a product for him to put his name on and pitch that doesn't involve them getting anything new. Like all it is is like some syrup flavored syrup added to their coffee. So it's like, there's, it's, it's not like Bieber's like, you know, this is how I like my beans. We got to order them from this other place. And you know, it's going to be way better coffee. They're just, it's just like, what slight tweak can we do that doesn't slow down the drive through and make it more I difficult? Call it a, I wouldn't even call it a tweak. Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> it's, it, I don't even, I don't even consider that a tweak. Yeah. It's just t taking an iced coffee we have. It's like the Cobb salad. Yeah. You know, it's just like whatever's in the fridge. Yeah. Well, they used to have flavor shots where you could get a flavor shot at it. This is just like, it might as well just be another one of those flavor shots, except they paid, you know, $40 million to Justin Bieber probably to throw his face on it. Yeah. That's all it is. It's like, okay, we can't really figure out how to like grow our brand anymore. So we're going to piggyback off of his brand and we're not even going to really put much thought into making a unique, different product that's, you know, kind of tailored around who justin bieber is right exactly because because the product isn't the point it's it's purely about the marketing it's purely just tim hortons acknowledging that he exists and then him acknowledging them back hmm. <laughs> that they also exist yeah and then, and then this is a new reason why you should buy a tim hortons product you know because it says beebs on it and shove that down your throat and then go to bed and dream of your mortgage <laughs> um well, yeah. I uh, will you try it even though? Like if when it comes out, can we get one and try it on the show? I mean, we did that with the Tim Beebs. I'm I'm open-minded okay. to do it with this just just so that I can crap on it. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we will try that. I'll have to look at the nutritional I mean, I'll, info. I'll keep an open mind. I'm not a big iced coffee drinker, but I'll try it. Mm -hmm. Um well, we got to get on with the show here. We've spent the first, we're, we're like a half hour in and we're all updates. Um, we got to keep Canada weird. The, this week's episode, I kind of framed it as um, Beebs Brew, which we've got into. We're going to talk about a grave robber. And this was an, originally a story that was included in last week's section on dismemberment, but it's just too big of a story. So I delayed it for today. And then the other update we got to get into is um, we, we talked a lot in the past about the QAnon Queen of Canada, Romana Digilo. Well, she's at it again, and there's been some interesting updates um, surrounding her world. So I guess we got to choose now between the Queen and grave robbing. Do you have a preference where we start with this? Let's go into the grave robbing. Um, Just dive right in. You know, I feel like we should end with the Queen. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Well, this grave, uh, typically we're, we're covering stories that occur in the last, you know, week or two. The grave robbing story, uh, we're going back a ways. This is actually a story set in Newfoundland in 2019. Our correspondent in Newfoundland, Meg, who is often sending me weird and unusual stories from Newfoundland, sent me this. And, and it was going to fit in perfectly with our dismemberment thing because it involves a human skull. Um, but it, it was just too big of a story. So we had to put this off. But I think the best way to tell it is I've collected kind of the main news articles that cover this publicly going from the beginning to the very end. So I'm going to kind of walk you through a series of articles. Uh, but I got to say, before we start is I don't know how I had never heard of this story. And I'm completely shocked at how just nuts this is and i would love to get to the i would love to understand what had happened here and i don't know if we'll be able to even after we go through this but mm -hmm. let me start so the story begins on april 8th 2019 so we're looking three years ago um and it starts pretty like it's not as unusual at the beginning it starts with skeletal remains being found in Newfoundland, uh, and they're actually described as quite old, partial skeleton remains. So here's the, the brief news article that outlines this. Skeleton hum skeletal human remains are, were found in Conception Bay South, however, are not believed to be linked to any current missing persons investigation, police say. The remains are quite old, the chief medical examiner's office has determined. The remains are not to be related to any current missing persons cases. And the RNC, which is the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary, does not have any concerns for public safety relating to this investigation. There was a notable police presence at two areas on Monday. One was a cemetery off Church Road, and the other was near the former rail bed behind Napa Auto Parts. Cadigan told CBC News the matter is being actively investigated, but wouldn't confirm if the two scenes are related. He said that he said officers and the canine unit were called to the area shortly before 1 a.m. on Saturday, and they invite anyone with information to contact the RNC major crime unit or Crime Stoppers. So that is how the, the story first makes its way to the public. When, when I read, read or hear that story, what I think is, oh, like they found a dead body somewhere and they don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. And they've, they've uh, tried to reconcile it with missing person reports and turned up nothing yeah. so and, and were they there's not really a quick explanation as to who the body parts belong to and and uh it's kind of open-ended yeah certainly open-ended they say it's quite old which makes me think it's probably like some again what i would think and my speculation at the, without knowing more would be they probably found someone who died 50 years ago and just like was just dead somewhere mm. and nobody located them and now they happen yeah, like a really decomposed type body situation where there's not much left mm -hmm. yeah. well very quickly it gets weird just days after a news article is published with the headline interfering with human remains charge laid in skeletal remains discovery in conception bay south a man has been arrested and charged in relation to the discovery of old human remains uh, this weekend in CBS, Conception Bay South. The 20-year-old man is charged with indecently interfering with human remains, possession of property obtained by crime, and a breach of a court order. He was held in custody to appear in provincial court. Then they go on to explain again that police were called to the Foxtrap area just before 1 a.m. on Saturday uh, due to the discovery of human remains um, that were thought to be quite old. So the news comes out now that there's obviously something weird going on. A man is arrested for interfering with human remains. My mind at this point mm -hmm. is going murder. He killed somebody and he's hiding the body. Murder. Yeah. Why was yeah. it quite old? Why was it an old body he was interfering with? It's still very open-ended. You're not really getting much of the information yet. You know, you're just, just a couple of little pieces added to the story, but nothing definitive that explains what, what happened. Two days later, we get a few more pieces of this puzzle. The, the headline being police and medical examiner at Foxtrap Cemetery uh, 
um, with links to alleged grave robbing. So here's, here we go. The Royal Newfoundland Constabulary continues to hold a scene at All Saints Anglican Cemetery in Foxtrap a week after quite old skeletal remains were found nearby, which result in charges against a 20-year-old man. Police officers were at a graveyard Saturday along with staff from the medical examiner's office, a team of experts from Memorial University, and an excavator. CBC News has requested a comment from the RNC, but has yet to receive a reply. Police have maintained a presence at the cemetery since 1 a.m. on April 6th when they were called to the areas. Officers also held a scene in a nearby wooded area um, connected to the Newfoundland Trailway near Greeley Road, less than a kilometer from the graveyard. Uh, and then it goes on again to just describe the remains and then a man is arrested. So that update, the only real information that gives is that they are now holding a presence for days at a cemetery and they're referring to it as a grave robbing a grave robbing yeah so that's getting more specific in terms of what happened so when you think of grave robbing i mean you know what would be the intention well, right? get money you would think well people will rob graves for you know jewelry and such whatever jewelry and things that are there but you almost have to know that something is there right mm-hmm like, you know, you're not going to go indiscriminately to random graves. Yeah, be like, it's going to take you dog. so long to, like, dig them out and find out what's in. Like, you have to kind of have some insight into who is buried there. And is that someone who might have some valuables buried with them? Mm, yeah. Well, I don't think this is about um, jewelry or valuables. We get no. We get a great idea after the man's trial. So he was he was going to go to court about these um, charges against him for interfering with the remains. Um, I'm going to jump ahead to, for the most part, the conclusion of this story. This is an article from June 19th, 2019. So this all happens fast. April is mm -hmm. when he's arrested. June is when he gets a sentence. Headline being: Man who stole human skull and kept it as a curiosity sentenced to jail. So a lot has changed. A young Newfoundland man who robbed a human skull from a cemetery and kept it in his possession for more than a year as a curiosity item has been sentenced to four months in jail. In a hearing Wednesday, provincial court judge David Orr also ordered the 20-year-old man named Lucas Daw not to re-enter the Anglican cemetery where he took a skull from inside a mausoleum-style tomb. The skull was found by police on April 6th, on April 6th, shocking the small community of Conception Bay South, about 20 minutes from St. John's. Da, 20, pled guilty last month to interfering with human remains and expressed remorse for the incident on Wednesday before the judge delivered their sentence. I was intoxicated. I was drunk when I did it, and I do feel bad. I'm sorry for doing it. Da told the judge, adding, there's no excuse. The judge and lawyers for both sides remarked on the unique details of the case, pointing to the lack of legal precedent from which to draw sentencing recommendations. Rumors of the unusual story have swirled since police launched an investigation in what they called quite old skeletal remains back in April. But Wednesday's hearings provided the first official account of how the human skull came to be beside a walking trail. Reading the facts to the court, Crown Prosecutor Jessica Gallant said the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary received a complaint early on April 6th from an, from an acquaintance of Daw who reported seeing him with a skull. The witness told police that Daw had tried to get into his truck while holding a skull, which was missing a jawbone and was wrapped in his sweater. The man said he did not want Daw to get in with the skull and agreed to meet him later. The man said he saw Daw leave the skull in the woods near a trail by the Conception Bay Highway shortly after. The witness said Daw told him he had taken the skull from a graveyard on Church Road about 18 months earlier, saying he reached into a naturally eroded opening into a tomb and removed it. He said Daw told him he had poured boiling water on the skull to clean it and kept it as a bit of a curiosity item. The witness told police he suggested Daw should call a crisis line and said Daw told him he wanted to return the skull back to the grave. Police retrieved the skull later on April 6th and examined the scene at All Saints Cemetery, determining that the grave belonged to a married couple, John and Mary Butler, who had died sometime in the mid-1800s. 
After establishing the facts, lawyers on both sides discuss the rare nature of the case and the fact that the charge of interfering with human remains usually accom accompanies a case of homicide. Well, the final chapter today in a bizarre story that began with the theft of human remains from an old cemetery in Foxtrap. 20-year-old Lucas Dahl of CBS said that he was drunk when he stole the bones more than a year ago. He was caught earlier this year boiling those bones along the trailway in Conception Bay South. He says he was boiling them to clean them. This afternoon, Dahl received four months for performing an indignity to human remains along with another month for two shoplifting incidents. Daw will be out of jail in just over a month with credit for time served. What do you think of this story? Yeah, yeah it's pretty wild. I mean, um, there's someone in the chat who uh, worked at a cemetery back in the 80s, they said. Mm -hmm. And one thing that happens is the fr they said that the frost pushes uh, the bones up over time. Ugh. But you don't um, touch them and take them home. No, no, you don't. But it might it might have explained why, you know, someone intoxicated walking by sees a skull or a bone sticking out of the ground yeah. or exposed, you know, from the tomb, um, you know, and they're intoxicated. You can understand a little bit more of like... <laughs> Little, like a no, tiny bit a more, little, maybe a tiny bit more. Yeah. Well, they. Um, this was like, but like holding holding on to it for eighteen months or whatever, and washing it, and washing it, and keep and and planning for a long time to keep this thing until eventually he decided he's going to try and return it. You know, and that's when his friend got involved or whatever. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot going on here. First of all, it was a mausoleum style tomb, which is the kind from like Michael Jackson's thriller where it's like a, like a, a box with a lid and you know, like in, mm -hmm. in thriller, like the lid comes off from the side and the zombie gets out. So I, I'm guessing it was probably starting to like break down and he was able to stick his arm in to where the dead bodies would be. And he just grabbed a skull and took it out. I, like that's yeah. that's crazy. But maybe he was heavily intoxicated because I would not be able to stick my hand in a grave. Nor would I want to. Nor but, would I want you know, to. Again, yeah, you know, you're, you're talking about somebody under the influence of probably a lot of alcohol at the time. I hope so. But another thing I find interesting is that the court, the judge, only banned him from that specific graveyard but don't mm. you think that it should be all graveyards for a period of time yeah that's true <laughs> right maybe all the other graveyards are in better shape and they're like he's not gonna dig someone up but you know like that that is an mm. interesting thing but i think ultimately the story that's hidden within this is the fact that this guy he was trying to return the skull 18 months later, after he washed it and polished it and kept it as a curiosity item, I've seen enough movies to know that like returning, like all this crazy stuff happened that led him to be like, I got to just get this thing back in the grave and see if that breaks the curse. Like I would like to, yeah, I would like to yeah. wonder, I would love to hear from him. Why did you have the skull out that night? Like, was he actually going to return it or was that just his cover? But if he was going to return it, what went into the decision making of like i'm gonna just put it back in there and it's because it's one of those married couples heads like this was he trying to break a curse that's what i'm getting at here well obviously something was weighing on his conscience um you know uh, with this skull but 18 months i mean that's a that's a lot of uh if, if there was some type of a haunting situation from the skull that's a lot. That's a long time to be haunted before you finally decide, okay, it's the skull that's bringing me all this bad luck or whatever it is that's occurring. Um, you know, I, well, I think like every single thing, if I had a human skull in my house that I stole from a grave, every single bad thing that happened to me, I'd be like, it's that skull. Like, what else could it be? Like, of course, you're going to have bad luck if you rob a grave and keep the skull around your did he keep it in his house like i didn't and I, I looked up this guy i found some photos and stuff of him he doesn't look like a crazy creep like i kind of pictured this weird like mortician looking guy like i think this guy has a story to tell in this case this this is from 2019 so he's out mm -hmm. 
and at that age too, like, you know, with a level of intoxication and, and the age, like, you know, like this, like the judge took all that into account, you know, you are at a certain maturity level at that age where it might not quite dawn on you the, the gravity of what you are actually doing. Mm-hmm. No, I've done some dumb stuff at 20, but I did not take a skull home and wash it. But you've also never stumbled across one, maybe, in a way that he did. Mm, That's true. I guess it's just uh, circumstances that have led to me not having a skull here. Hello, listeners. Sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to tell you about something quite personal related to Aaron and I. We may sound like good friends here on the show, but we actually have quite a complicated history. We were at a time, well, I guess we still are bandmates. We just don't talk about it much, but I suppose now we may be forced to. Our band, Airport, is finally releasing their debut album. There was a time when Airport was at the top of the world. A MySpace page with hundreds of followers and sold-out shows across Cape Breton. It seemed there was nothing they couldn't do. Considering the lust for all things airport, it's easy to understand the excitement that spread with the band's announcement that they were in studio working on what was to be their debut album. As airport fans and music journalists hunted for any news or updates on what was expected to be the groundbreaking album, an altogether different storm was brewing within the studio. Among the band members, infighting and artistic differences would eventually build up to a very mean text exchange that ended with the highly anticipated album and the band being shelved. Now, nearly 15 years later, Airport has remained a closed door. But just as the sun rises and sets, old wounds do heal. After a miracle of negotiation and a handshake agreement to never speak of the dark days again, the album that tore them apart is finally being shared to those outside of the band's inner circle. In what may be the most storied and anticipated music release of all time, Airport's self-titled five-song EP is available now everywhere. Featuring fan favorites Kiss Me Before I'm Dead, Marching Band, and Swing Your Hips, This is an album that will be the talk of the office water cooler and the soundtrack for countless people dancing on their TikTok videos. You can find links to Airport's five-song EP on all the streaming services at nighttimepodcast.com slash airport. Or just ask Alexa or Google or whatever to play Kiss Me Before I'm Dead by Airport. We got to wrap this up with a good story. Um, and I got one for you. So we've talked a lot about Ramana Digula, the queen of Canada. Uh, I We famously got some nasty feedback from people who thought that we were um, giving her a platform by talking to her and maybe helping or talking about her and maybe helping her recruit um, by talking about her on the show. And I also got a bit of nasty feedback because I actually went and met with her when she was in Halifax. She's doing the, uh, you remember, she's doing the cross-country tour to meet yeah, her. the RV tour. The yeah. RV tour. Well, Romana Digilo, for people who haven't been following our series and our coverage of her or haven't listened to my episode about her, um, her, I guess, claim to, not fame, claim to infamy is the fact that she has made a, a name for herself by being online and claiming to be the leader of Canada. She calls herself the queen of Canada. She has been linked to the QAnon kind of movement and conspiracy, whatever you want to call it. It all sounds nuts, but she has a massive horde of people who follow her and truly believe that she is in fact the queen of Canada. Um, well, there's been a bit of an update here uh, and, and I'll keep it simple and sweet. But this article um, 
I can't help but laugh, but I also feel bad for the people who believe her. The headline being followers of the QAnon Queen of Canada are facing mounting problems after being convinced by Romana Digula that all utilities are now free. So I mentioned in the past that she makes these kind of claims like, you know, I'm going to uh, make a, yeah, new, like a decree, a decree, a decree or there's a new law, yeah, there's no yeah. more mask mandates, despite there being, which led to her followers kind of going around and serving decease, cease and desist letters to places. Anyway, uh, she made a decree not long ago that all utilities are now free due to the kind of financial problems that people that Canadians are facing. So here's what the article says. Romana Digilo rose to popularity over the last two years after several QAnon influencers confirmed that, that she had sovereign power over Canada, uh, growing over 70,000 followers on the instant messaging platform Telegram. QAnon is a far-right political conspiracy theory movement that believes a group of cannibalistic pedophiles are waging a secret war against former President Donald Trump, whom the movement views as a hero. Digilo posted a series of royal decrees on her Telegram channel, uh, claiming that bill payments are no longer necessary. Decree 24 stated that electricity became free in Canada, while Decree 23 declared water bills were now illegal. Decree 79 claimed that rent prices had been reverted to rates from 1955. One of Digilo's followers pushed other believers to abide by the royal decrees after she stopped paying hydro, weather, natural gas, property taxes, lines of credit, and credit cards. What, what does he mean, stop paying weather? Hydro and weather. I don't know what that would be. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, many others uh, who have also since posted about no longer paying their bills, including many who are elderly and rely on fixed incomes, have now had their utilities shut off and are collecting thousands of dollars worth of bills. Now they're quoting one of the followers. Dear Romana, dear Queen Romana, when will the service companies stop shutting off our services for non-payment? One follower commented, I just had my water supply shut off today in Stratford, Ontario. In response, Digilo told her believers that the bills were being sent by robots and several of her, of her followers began rallying to send emails to utility companies that uh, informing them that they are committing criminal offenses against we the people, which is what they call themselves. Extremist researcher Christine Sarteshi pointed out that Digilo's followers will have to learn the hard way, that they do not even realize that it's not real. Digilo also recently convinced her followers that she was in contact with President Joe Biden and receiving governmental orders. On April 30th, Digilo posted a video to her YouTube channel where she claimed that President Biden requested her to act as a mediator between the United States and Russia. I address you today as your commander in chief and queen, Digilo said. To the Russian and American people, I address you as the mediator between the United States and Russia pertaining to the Ukraine crisis. I've been requested by the commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces to act as the mediator between Russia and the United States. She's quoted as saying. She's currently on a crowdfunded tour using a rented RV with her followers doing meet and greets across Canada. And yes, I met her at one and it was as nuts mm. as you would think, <laughs> man. She has, she has true believers. When I went to that event where all her followers were, oh, they like, they I, uh, talked about this. So there were people like crying, like falling down around her thinking they were meeting the queen. Uh, she tells them to stop paying their bills. I, I You're going to stop paying your bills. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine the phone calls that some of these companies are getting from her followers. Well, if Justin Trudeau told me to stop paying my bills, I would, because I believe him to be the Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, but but just try to imagine that if Justin Trudeau's on TV and he says, um, you know, effective immediately, there is no charges for electricity bills, and then the electricity company is sending you like bills. Yeah, I guess I would be like, I'm not paying the bill. Like you're going to have to work it out. No, with the I government. wouldn't. No, I'd be like, yeah, obviously they're still getting their ducks in a row on this one. So I'm going to keep avoiding these bills because I know that, you know, the prime minister has decreed it as, as something I don't have to pay anymore. Yeah. But in this situation where, you know, she's saying that, 
you don't have to pay your utility bills anymore, but the utility companies like they're shutting are you in down. strong disagreement with, about that. <laughs> There's a disconnect there that needs to be addressed. So, I mean, if, if she's able to pull that off, I'm all in favor of it. I don't want to pay those bills either. Yeah. I, I don't think she's going to be able to pull it off. Um, but I just imagine they, the power company cuts off your, or you work for the power company and you get a call from a customer who just had their power cut off and they're trying to explain to you that the queen has made power bills illegal. I would, it, and, and if you're like working for the power company and you don't follow nighttime podcasts or read about from the, you know, extremist cults and such in Canada, you know, you would be like, are you kidding? Is this a joke? Is this one of my coworkers pranking me? But mm. it's kind of sad though. It's sad know. what the what it's, people it's get into. It's not good. Yeah, people are going to be getting their water or their power shut off, especially if they're that's, elderly. That's an issue. Um, um, but maybe this is like it's something like this is what it's going to take to kind of turn a bunch of her people off. Because if if her true believers follow her and see that her decrees are completely toothless against you know the Nova Scotia power and you know, whatever, maybe that's going to make them say like, maybe she is nuts. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how some of those play out because if they, you know, what are they going to do? They have to get their power back on. Mm -hmm. So what are they going to do? Yeah, well, they're going to have to like, well, if I think a good way to argue anyone who's like a devoted follower now would be like, well, did you cut off your power? And if so, like what happened? And if like, if Romana didn't help you, then maybe, you know, the whole thing's crazy. Well, she would have to find a way to enforce this on these companies. So how could she do that? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, She could send followers there to maybe try and enforce that new law. Um, I don't like that. I don't like where that goes. Um, No, I mean, well, we, I told you the story about a video she posted where uh, she couldn't rent an RV and she went live, like saying she was going to have the business shut down. As far as I can tell, Mm -hmm. that business is still open. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So I think, you know, with these laws that she wants to put into place, there needs to be some kind of a connection to the people on the ground that you know directly are involved in 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 these things that would be the ones enforcing it mm-hmm. i don't know i mean again I, I i would love to not pay my power you know my oil bill whatever like i'll pay the water bill better. though i think like the water bill is not a lot the water bills like water is the best deal like if you think of how much you use water in your house with showers and mm. cooking and drinking and stuff, it's like you. I I pay mine every three months, and it's like and it's having such that a, water delivered through this. I mean, the system needs to be paid for, and yeah, and it's not a lot in terms of like, you know, all bills add up, and it all is a lot when you add it all together. But if you separate water in comparison to the other bills, it's, it's really on the lower end. It's but. the bananas of utilities. Cause like, but you know, bananas are, they're super cheap. You can get like, you know, 40 pounds of bananas, like $3 mm. where they, where I buy, you get one red pepper and it's $5. So what do they, how do they make bananas so cheap there? I don't know what the story is with that. How I know little to nothing about that. All I know is they're delicious and I chopped them up in my cereal. Mm. Um, well, this is, I think this is a good way to wrap it up. We covered a lot tonight. We caught up on some stories from last week and, None, none, none or from prior weeks, not necessarily caught up, but we kind of zoomed out and expanded them mm-hmm. and showed truly how weird they are. Uh, this guy in Newfoundland who robbed the grave, I would really like to talk to him and learn more about him. If there's any listeners who know this guy, yeah, I would, I would like to talk to him. I believe he has a story mm-hmm. to tell both as far as why he did it and secondly, why he tried to return a skull to a grave. Yeah, after 18 months. Um, yeah. Well, I think we should wrap it up with that. Anything you want to say, Aaron, before we close the book on this week? Well, um, my pizza's sitting here unopened, so I'm kind of excited to dig into that. It's been a super long day, um, and I'm about to get the rewards now. Aaron, until next time. Until next time, Jordan. Don't uh, screw with skulls in the mausoleum. Yeah, listen, answer the door. It might be a wrapping pizza delivery guy. What's the name again for the pizza man? D-Mats, I think.
I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I in our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part, I have some thanks. First, a big thank you to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners, from nighttime. A big thanks to Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode. And thanks to the Internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, for supplying the intro and outro voiceovers. I also have a special thanks this week to Nick from True Crime Garage, who provided his voice for the trailer for the new Airport album. But as usual, the most important thanks goes to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless and foolish as another Tim Hortons and Justin Bieber collaboration. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you're listening on the premium feed. Not only does it keep the show alive, the premium feed will give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed, as I'm adding exclusive content regularly and maintain a full archive of past nighttime episodes. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, support the show at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest subscribers. Jason, Scott, and Kate, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't help financially, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know the work we're doing here to keep Canada weird. If anyone has any story ideas, if you want to get feedback on the show, or if you'd like to contribute a voice memo for Aaron and I to respond to in a future episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, listen to the new Airport album, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. What a weird thing to bring up. You're like, I'm recording a podcast right now. It's like, I'm a rapper. Yeah, well, that's, he's like, oh, well, perfect. He probably thought it was weird for me to say that to him. Oh, why would he tell me he's recording a podcast right now? Showcase. You were in a concentration camp in World War II. I was a young man, locked up in a terrible place. Based on the international best-selling book. But I found something there. Someone. We must keep living. Whatever it takes. The Tattooist of Auschwitz. All new Sundays on Showcase. Stream on Stack TV.